real estate was the generational wealth, knowing that now I can have my money work for me and the property is going to outlive me, right? Like I'm going to pass away, but my kids get to enjoy that property and so on. You're listening to The Life and Money Show, a podcast that brings you the stories and strategies of people who are living a meaningful and intentional life by design, building true wealth for their families and impacting the world around them. And now here are your hosts, Annie Dickerson and Julie Lamb. Hey, hey, everyone. Annie Dickerson here together with Julie Lamb. Julie, how are you today? I am doing fantastic. How are things over there in the Dickerson household? Oh, good. But you know, today I was thinking, I got to tell the audience this story. Okay. Okay. I got to set it up for the audience because I think it relates to the show today. So, all right. So a few years ago, You'll remember this, Julie. We were uh, we were at a conference together, and at this point, we had partnered up and for a little while, but we didn't have much of a chance to talk about our personal lives, growing up, all that stuff. So, all right, listeners, this is what happened. So, Julie, all of a sudden, pops up this word that I have never heard before. She's like, "Oh, you know, back in the day when you'd go and get a single." I'm like. What the heck is a casingle? I'm like, is that like a food? She's like, what? You don't know what a casingle is? How old are you? And that was the moment we realized, wait a second, did we grow up at different yeah. times or did we miss yeah. each other somehow? Yeah. It relates because, yeah, 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 right. We were in a hotel room in Boston. Oh. We were at yes, the that's right. ultimate partnering mm-hmm. event. And yep. Yeah, you guys, this was the moment I realized that Annie is a young buck. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. what do you mean you don't know what that word is? Oh, man. (laughs) Then pursued the rest of the evening, understanding (laughs) that Annie grew up in a totally different generation from me. And suddenly it just changed everything. You guys totally just changed. But (laughs) then she proceeded to ask me, wait. Do you know Tower Records? Yeah. Do you know this? Do you know that? I'm like, right. Well, That's yeah. what I mean. And yeah. then pursued the rest of the night. I'm like, oh my gosh, what where's the line? Are you that yeah. doesn't know what a casingle is? <laughs> For those of you younger listeners who may not know what a casingle is, it's a single, but on a cassette. Get it? Casingle. Yeah. Very clever. Yeah. They used to have uh, them on these little like appetizer stand or like the little, these little stands that would like pop out from the wall, uh, like cassettes and whatever. And it would just be like the one hit that came out on their album. And it was in like a little paper wrapper with like a cellophane wrap around it, which is like one song on there. Like that's you guys. I'm totally showing my age by talking about this moment. Thank you, Annie, very much for sharing. Yep. Yep. No problem. No problem. <laughs> So anyway, so the reason that that story came to me is because for the first time ever on the Life of Money show, we are interviewing a celebrity rapper, Billy the Kid. And we talk a lot about not only real estate, but we talk about music and his amazing, very inspirational story where he grew up with next to nothing in El Salvador, then came to California and eventually Nebraska and how he discovered hip hop and fell in love with hip hop along the way and how it really changed the trajectory of his life for the better. And then along the way, how that then led to him discovering real estate. It's really quite a phenomenal story. Yeah, it was so fun because I feel like 
lots of guests on the show, as I talked about here too um, today, was lots of guests on the show hit a point where things are really not good. (laughs) And it's almost like you have to hit that point where things are not good to be in a place where, okay, well, what can I possibly do from here? And you're willing to almost try anything because things are so bad. And it wasn't that necessarily that things were so bad. It doesn't sound like necessarily family life is just his environment and where he was and the things that he saw. But one of the things that really stood out to me was when we were talking about, he had mentioned this a couple of times, but he said he realized as he was growing up that, and this was, I guess, when he was a little bit older, he said, if you work on self, things will start to come to you. And that was the moment, I guess, that he realized that he started doing a lot of personal work and listening to audiobooks and exercising. And he felt like the stories in the books were really the people telling the stories, the authors were really talking directly to him. And I know I feel like this as well whenever I read books or listen to audiobooks too. But it's so true because when you're working on yourself, suddenly it seems like all of these things are coming to you, but really it's just your eyes are being opened to a whole new world. And it's like the first time when I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy, right? So he started really shifting the beliefs that he had by reading and listening to all of the, these books and whatnot. So such an inspiring story. We got to talk about his book, The Power of Being Uncomfortable, and all of that too. I, we talk about that here as well, right? I always say that success is just beyond your zone of comfort, right? And certainly has been for us as we've ventured off into unknown lands over the last almost coming up on four years here. And it's been a wild ride, but for sure stepped out of our comfort zone in many different areas and continued to do so. And that's where the success and the fun is. So yeah, such a fun episode. Absolutely. Oh yeah. From Katsingles to Run DMC to record labels to the power of being uncomfortable. We cover so much ground in this episode and Billy the Kid even shares a sample verse with us at the end. So be sure to stick around for the whole episode because you guys are going to love it. Hey, for anybody who is listening, who might be new to the world of real estate, a great place to start is to grab a copy of our book. It's a great compliment to this podcast and everything you're learning here. It's called Investing for Good. And we have a free hardcover copy for all of you. Just go to goodegginvestments.com slash book. All right. With that, let's dive into our conversation with Billy the Kid. Billy, welcome to the show. How are you? I am doing amazing. Thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to it. So I'm super Uh, excited to dive in. Yes, us too. Billy the Kid, Lord of the Land. We're thrilled to dive in with you today. Now, Billy, most people know you for your rapping skills and have you give us a little bit of a demo here in a bit, but (laughs) (laughs) few people know that on top of that, you're actually quite a successful real estate investor and entrepreneur as well. But before we dive into all of that, I want you to take us back earlier in your life, before you discovered real estate and even before you got into the world of rap. Now, as I understand it, you grew up in El Salvador Mm -hmm. and you were used to having no running water and no electricity. So tell us a little bit about your early life and some of those challenges that you and your family faced. Yeah. And I like to tell that story because it makes me feel like when I tell my story, it pushes people to know like, hey, if I could do it, trust me, <laughs> anybody can. And I like to start off by saying that you know, a lot of people say, oh, I started from negative or from zero or nothing. 
something, right? But with me, it's like I start from negative 100 and I had to dig myself in to start from zero, basically. And the reason why I say that is, as you pointed out, being born in El Salvador, there was no running electricity, no water. There was no toilets, right? Like it's the stuff that we take for granted in this beautiful nation. Getting home and throwing food in the microwave and just warming it up or in the stove, just turning on a knob and boom, we have fire. Crazy thing is my mom had to start a camp-like fire back in El Salvador to cook for us. So I just want you guys to paint that picture. Now, also, I will add that El Salvador now is a beautiful country and it's always had these vacation spots, but I never got to see my own country at that time. But I went back after 23 years and it was weird seeing a toilet where I grew up at, like in the, in the actual <laughs> house that I grew up at. So it's doing really good things. I actually just became legal tender for Bitcoin now. It's a legal tender uh, money out there now. So all these beautiful things that they're doing, but at least at that time, there was definitely none of that. So I came to the US when I was nine, 10 years old to California. And in California, we lived there for a few years and my mom was basically up and down and even moving to like, quote unquote, the hood in California was still nice to me because I had carpet, for example, I had toilet, I had all these, like I said, these little things we take for granted. Well, going up and down, even we lived at like a two bedroom apartment, for example, and one bedroom house, the full family, the other bedroom was me, my sister and my mom. And at times we rented the living room to make ends meet. Well, you were house hacking. I <laughs> love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and during that time, we ended up finding out about Nebraska through an aunt that lived out here at the time. And my mom decided to always up and down. So it was really nothing to make that decision. Like, you know what, let's go, let's try it. And sure enough, here we were able to afford a two bedroom apartment when we first got here. After we moved with my aunt for the first year or so, and then we ended up finding a two-bedroom apartment, which is a big deal to us. Now it was like, man, me and my sister are only sharing a room now. So that's kind of my story. And while here in Nebraska, since I never had any father guidance or male guidance overall, I always did whatever I wanted, really. I had that <laughs> mentality of just, oh, nothing can hurt me on this. I know everything, right, at that age. And so I wasn't the best leader because I've always been a leader, even at that time but I was leading my peers into negative stuff, right? Skipping school and I can go on with the stuff we did. But at the end of the day, I started seeing that a lot of my peers were either getting locked up or even worse, right? And I realized I'm like, my mom has done all this for me. Like, why am I doing this, right? So that's when I fell in love with hip hop. And I started to actually record myself at that time. Or actually, I bought the first studio time when I was 16 years old at that time. And... I realized that the more I got on this mic, the better I felt inside. So it was like therapy. To this day, people ask me, are you still rapping? And it's like, I'm going to need therapy for the rest of my life. So yes. <laughs> Hang on one second, Billy. I need to yeah. paint this picture for me. So you fell yep. in love with hip hop. I need to know, because I'm a huge hip hop fan. Ooh. Tell me <laughs> what year was this? Paint the picture so I know. Let's see. <laughs> so it was actually early 2000 when I moved to Nebraska. Okay. So I, and I graduated in 2006. So okay. basically the funny thing, I write about it on my book, the power of being uncomfortable. And the chapter is about growth. And the funny thing is that at that time I was stuck in like the nineties hip hop, for example, Oh, the nineties is the best thing. Right. And now <laughs> I took that music for granted, all the early two thousands, right. You got the ludicrous Eminem was huge at that time. And honestly, 
I get some feedback, some t- negative feedback from saying Eminem is one of my favorite rappers. It's probably my number one rapper. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Did you, you see the, the Super, Super Bowl? Bowl? Yeah, I was you just gonna... see yes. that. That was like an amazing performance yeah. with Mary yes. J. And, mm-hmm. you know, oh, my God. Honestly, <laughs> I was like, uh, it's funny. I'm sure you saw all the memes like with the kids. I'm looking at my kids like, yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was totally sitting there with my kids and my husband. We were like, oh my God, this is yes. like, totally taking it back. Anyway. Okay. Okay. Got it. You can continue. I just had to, right, yeah, no, no. the audience who's listens to rap and hip hop, you know, that there's always these eras and these times you're a little bit younger than me. So you're into a little bit newer stuff, <laughs> yeah. age. but anybody who's into music, there's always a time frame, right? Of certain yeah, artists exactly. that are popular. So I love that. Okay, go on. Yeah. No, and I love that you brought that up because hip hop has this like shadow over it that people think it's negative, right? And the reality is that if I wouldn't have found hip hop at that time, I don't know where I would be, right? Because like I said, hip hop, whether it was listening to it or when I started recording, I felt this therapy, right? That I'm like, oh, I can relate to this artist. So really that's my argument. It's like hip hop saved my life. Like I wouldn't probably wouldn't even be here. Right. Like, so it was definitely a blessing for me. Now I actually ended up recording my first album and I released it and it was actually released right when I was a senior in high school slash graduating and getting out of high school. So when I did that, I actually ended up signing a record deal and it was through universal music group which is a big deal. Like they're one of the biggest uh, companies out there, but there was a middleman, there was a record label in between. So they did the distribution for me. And at that time I'm thinking, oh my God, this is it, right? Like I've been fighting all my life for this. It's time to shine and to help my mother and change my generation. Well, I was wrong because the record label did not come through with the stuff that they had promised. And it was like little stuff like, hey, we're going to do a couple music videos for this album. We're going to fly you here and do a show, a promotion here, release party, all these different things over the phone that me being a young buck, I was like, oh man, I'm excited. And But it also taught me that I had to make my own moves. I had to take action. So what I did is once I found out they weren't coming through, I actually just started my own record label. I'm like, you know what? Let me start my own record label. I'm already selling these CDs in the streets, right? Like I was out there, I would park at a Walgreens, Walmart, different public places with a van. I had it wrapped up with my logos and stuff. And I was selling $10 CDs, shirts, whatever. I knew there was business around it. You were hustling. Yes, exactly. Yep. So I knew there was a business around it. I would come home making more than what I did in a week at a job. So I'm like, hmm, in one weekend, I made this much or two weeks. So I molded a business around it. I started my first LLC and it was very scary, but that was my college. That's what led into what I'm doing now. I literally just copied and pasted what I learned with my record label. So interesting. So love that story of how you sort of, you discovered this thing that not only could blossom into this business, but also helped you personally. And where you started at that negative 100 to that zero to 100 and beyond, there was a lot of hustle, a lot of grind, a lot of just trying things. And I'm sure that in the world of hip hop and rap and the world of real estate, there was a lot of parallels there. So things were going well. Maybe this deal had fallen through, but you took it into your own hands. Well, first, tell us a little bit about what were you writing about? Were you writing about your life or what were some of those things that you were rapping about? Great question. And 
It's a great question because at that time when I was a teen, I mean, I listened to some of the stuff now and I'm like, whoa, like something was wrong with me, right? Because that's what I was seeing, right? And I'm not going to sit here and tell you I was perfect, but yes, did I rap about a gun? Yes, because I saw those things, right? And now the growth has been more. And the funny thing is, even if you listen to that first album, there was still some type of motivation on it. And it was my first album. And the more growth I did, the more I realized, you know what, my tongue is a weapon. And I realized that even peers and everybody kind of acted, gravitated towards the way that I was thinking at that time. So that's where I started growing into. The funny thing is even like my new album now is titled From Struggles to Success. And the reason why it's titled From Struggles to Success is I actually changed the narrative of that album. So at first, I started recording this album in 2012 is when I did like the very first song, but I haven't released it yet. But during that time, I was going through personal growth myself and I realized that my tongue was very powerful. So the album was actually originally titled Born Alone, Die Alone. And I realized the more I learned, the more I grew, I'm like, you know what? I'm like literally killing myself mentally by putting out this product like that. So that's where I switched my whole narrative. And From Struggles to Success is a great album. I can't wait to release. I'm excited about it. It's been a few years. Uh, fans are actually, some of them have messaged me kind of mad, like, hey, when are you releasing this album? I already paid for it because I've done pre-orders already and stuff, but it's coming. But that's where I realized that growth. I'm like, you know what? So now all my music is really more on that motivational tip. And obviously I can't change the way my past was, right? Or the stuff that I did, but I can also put it on somebody's head, somebody younger than me that can learn from it. And hopefully they don't have to make the mistakes that I made. And like I said, it could have always been worse. So I want to ask a quick question because it's just staring me in the face here. And for the audience, you guys can't see, but Billy is wearing a hat and a t-shirt that says Lord of the land. It's all black with a big red bar above it. And then all in white letters, Lord of the land with a red bar underneath it. Now, anyone who knows hip hop and rap knows that this is run DMC, right? Yep. So talk to us. What does this mean? Yeah, definitely. So and it's funny because it's one of those and anybody out there listening, don't overthink it. That's the thing, like any business names or, well, I don't know what to name my first LLC. There's people that never get started because they couldn't come up with a name, for example. And it's like, don't overthink it. Like Lord of the Land is literally landlord, right? Like there's nothing crazy about it, but I'm branding it uh, with the uh, MC Hammer because it means a lot to me. Growing up in hip hop, it's like, this is who I am. I'm not gonna wear a suit unless I want to, right? Like if I go to any meetings or anything, there's times where I close on a house and I'm wearing my sandals, for example. We call them chanclas in Spanish. <laughs> like I'm just being me. And I think that's very important. You always wanna be yourself and no matter what it is that you do. So that's kind of how that came about. Hip hop and investing mixed together. I came up with the logo, so. <laughs> Okay, wait. So hold on. So you said this is MC Hammer, not Run DMC. Did I? Oh, I'm sorry. Wrong? Run DMC. Wow. Oh, okay. You're, you're schooling like... me now. <laughs> 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 Love it. I still remember my Adidas album was like, see that I'm showing my age now. I still remember I got the album in a cassette tape, like yes. no radio back in the days from Santa Claus. My mom did that for me. <laughs> it was so amazing, but it was like one of my favorite albums. Right. Yeah. 
That's so awesome. So I want to move in a little bit now and talk about how you got into real estate from all of this background of rapping and the struggles that you had and seeing crazy stuff in the neighborhoods that you were living in. And how in the world did you stumble across this idea that you wanted to get into real estate of all the things that you could possibly get into? Yeah. Tell us about that. Great question. So I'll kind of mold the answer around a couple different scenarios. Uh, one, I tried going to college right after high school. And that was, like I said, when I released my album, I got financial aid. They took it away because I wasn't born in this country, right? So that was one part that I'm like, okay, here I am trying to change my life. This record label thing didn't work or when I signed for that album. So then I had to drop out of college. And at that time is when I took this music thing serious. I'm like, okay, LLC, let's do this. And at that time, I'm a big believer too that things come to you. Like if you work on yourself, things come to you. And in 2012, to be exact, rest in peace, Pancho and DZ, we were out doing a tour in Texas and the car that we were in rolled over eight times. The driver fell asleep. Uh, It was an accident and my producer passed away. And then a friend of mine that kind of just supported me in everything that I did. That was the first time that I ever thought about quitting. At that time, I fell into this negative bubble that, you know, depression, you name it, whatever negative thing. But also, that's where I learned that it's all in your head. And at that time, I remember, you know what, I'm quitting, right? Well, there was also this other voice that said, you know what, they were there supporting you in that tour. So if you quit, it's like you're letting them down, right? So it kind of gave me this power. And then when I learned about depression and all that, they wanted to give me pills, for example. And when I learned that it was all mental, I'm like, you know what, like, I've always been mental. So I know I'm strong, but but I didn't know half, I mean, not even a 10% of what I know now. So that's what made me kind of to get into studying. And I started listening to audiobooks in 2013, 14 is when I finally got on that. I started doing my runs. And that changed my life. And I realized that all the books that I was listening to, it felt like they were speaking to me. It felt like I'm like, wow, like I've been doing this wrong. Or actually, there's a formula to success. Like, (laughs) I opened this whole world. And the crazy thing is, as soon as I started working on myself, things started coming to me. For example, uh, in 2015, one of a very close family member, I call him uncle, he's not a blood uncle, but he came to me and said, Hey, I know you're great with business. I've seen what you've done with your record label. You're always hustling, doing your thing. Can we partner up on a roofing company? And I said, oh, okay, yeah, that's awesome. Let's do it. And of course, right, there was that fear of what if or what if this happens, insurance, all this crazy stuff. But I jumped on it. And that company now is, I still own it. And it's now we're doing not just roofing, but different things. So from that roofing company, it went to me finding out about real estate And not that I, even with the books that I was listening to, Rich Dad, Poor Dad was one of them, right? So it kind of inspired me to say, you know what, like real estate could be. So at that point, it's like I have this money saved up from my construction company, all this money from my music that I've kind of saved up throughout the years, but it's just sitting here. It's not doing nothing. And that's when I started learning about generational wealth. And that's really the key that made me fall in love with real estate was the generational wealth, knowing that now I can have my money work for me and the property is going to outlive me, right? Like I'm going to pass away, but my kids get to enjoy that property and so on. So we'll get back to our conversation with Billy in just a minute. Have 
Have you been thinking about investing in real estate, but aren't sure you have the time or the desire to manage the investment? Perhaps you're afraid, like we were, that you'll make the mistake of choosing the wrong market or the wrong team and lose your entire investment. Well, that's exactly why we created the Good Egg Investor Club. We do the work of identifying solid real estate investment opportunities in the best markets around the country and then partner with you to acquire these investments and then we'll all share in the returns. We'll identify the growing markets, strong, experienced teams, and the solid deals. We do all the heavy lifting of managing the tenants and the renovations, and as a passive partner, you get to enjoy all the benefits of investing in real estate, monthly cash flow, long-term appreciation, and the ongoing tax benefits. When we first discovered passive investing through real estate syndications, we realized it fit perfectly into our busy lives. We could put our money to work for our families, work less, and get more time back in our days so that we could focus on what matters most and discover our true passion and purpose in life. We've now helped hundreds of people invest passively in real estate syndications and are seeing the positive impact it's had on their lives. We invite you to partner with us by joining the Good Egg Investor Club today so you can start putting your money to work for you and get more time back in your day because we know that when people have more time in their days, they can do the true work they were intended to do and the world will be a better place. To sign up for the Good Egg Investor Club, go to goodegginvestments.com slash invest and we'll take it from there. That's goodegginvestments.com slash invest. And now back to our chat with Billy the Kid. That's so awesome. So it's so funny because your whole story, right, leads up to this moment, right? Like all the things like had to happen to get you to where you were, to have this opportunity to then be in the right place at the right time, to have the money to make that investment and all of these things, the mindset, like you wouldn't have been driven to listen to these books had you not come from the background that you did. And we've recorded now, I don't even know how many shows we've done, hundreds. And every time when we talk with successful people in the space, it always comes to a point where they reach where things were really bad and things weren't the best. And at the time when you're in that space, it's like, oh my gosh, this is like the worst thing ever. And I know myself included in this story, when you get to this really low place and it's, you almost have to get there to get to the next place. It's just part of the way it works. So, and I love what you said about that. You started listening to audiobooks and you felt like they were talking to you. Annie and I, we read a ton of books and we read it with our staff and our team. And it's such a powerful way because we're being trained constantly every day to hear all these messages about the way life is and how to save and how to build wealth and all these things. And it's not necessarily the best way, right? And so when you start re-infusing your mind with different beliefs about how to build wealth and how the world works and realizing that there's a formula outside of go to college, get a job, work for 30 years and retire, you suddenly this whole world starts to open up. And I know that was true for me when I first got into real estate more seriously. I love that you shared that because I think it's so important for people. And I'm a huge advocate about that. I love that because even with my kids, I tell them, I'm like, hey, you don't have to go to college. And even like my 14 year old sometimes will make a joke where she'll be like, hey, did you do your homework? 
No, I haven't. But you tell me I don't have to go to I don't have to go to school. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm like, hold on. <laughs> that's your job right now. I'm like, that's your job right now. But I did tell them that if they don't go to college, they have to invest in real estate. I'm like, I don't care if you work at McDonald's or whatever you want to work at. But while you're doing that, you're investing in real estate. And I get a lot of backslash for that, right? But honestly, that's where I'm coming from. Quick story. One of my mortgage officers a few years ago, when I bought my house, actually, it's a new built home. It's a huge blessing coming where I'm coming from. And when we closed on that house, we went out for, uh, was it breakfast? And she mentioned how her son was just starting college and that he was super stressed first quarter and that she actually told him my story and that she was like, hey, you don't have to do this. If you don't want to go to college, you don't have to do this because he was just super stressed. So that made me feel good. I'm like, okay, I think I'm onto something here. <laughs> and I know I'm not the first one right now, not looking at all the stories, but I think at the end of the day, it's like, what is your passion? And that's yeah. what I love about real estate is that Arnold, for example, the Terminator, right? Like we all know his story. And if you don't, here it is. Basically, before he was this big movie star, he was already a millionaire in real estate. He invested in real estate and when he became a millionaire and he was financially free, that's when he put more time into his acting. He started practicing the scripts and doing all these different things. And that's what I love about real estate. Not that I'm him. I, I wish I was right. But <laughs> his body and all that. But the thing is that when he found that freedom and at the end of the day, that's what it's all about is freedom. Like nowadays with me, I did that with real estate to where now it's like, Literally, we're doing this at, what is it, 11 a.m., where normally I would be at a regular nine to five at, around this time. So it's that freedom to literally get to choose what you want to do. And what I love about that is that I don't have to record another song. I don't have to buy another property. I don't have to do a, take on another project with my construction company. But also what's very important about that is that if you're not doing anything with your life as far as your goals and your passion, you're dying. And let's say that tomorrow you wake up and you're like, you know what? And it doesn't have to be a negative. I quit. I'm good. I'm good where I'm at. Um, all my businesses are good. Like I don't have to do anything else. I'm going to enjoy my life at I'm 34 right now. So it's like, if you stop and say that, the thing is that you have a bigger chance of dying in the next five to 10 years, literally. And that's deep. That's how important goals and passion are. You need to be chasing those constantly. You can't just sit at home on a couch and enjoy life, you're right? Quote, unquote, you're not living. So you literally can die from not chasing your dreams. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. I love that. One thing that you had mentioned that I just want to remind everyone about and is one of the things that why we do this show and what Annie and I get to do every day is when you reach a place of being financially free, like in the story of Arnold, then you have the mental space and the capacity to freely pursue the things that you love without doing making decisions based on monetary needs or wants, right? And so I love that. And I think that everyone that we have on the show that they've achieved financial freedom, like, what do you do now with your time? They're either like giving back to the community or they're like leveraging what they're really good at to give because they feel like they're winning. And then the people yeah. that are on the receiving end are winning. And it's so amazing. So I love that you brought yeah. that up because it's something and, that Annie and I do too. Yeah. Yeah. And I love what, that you mentioned that it frees that space because when you're living paycheck to paycheck and think you can't Literally, there's so much stress that comes with that, that you don't even realize it, right? Like, because that's why you were dealt with, you just go along with your regular life. And 
you have nothing but negative things coming because that's what the environment is doing for that or that's what the environment is doing to you but the crazy thing is that i was happy back then right like i was happy in el salvador eating off the campfire right like i was happy like it doesn't in my book i talk about it that there's a chapter called money isn't everything and i start that chapter by basically making a point like hey don't lie to yourself don't sit here and tell me that money doesn't make your life easier it doesn't make you happy As a matter of fact in 2010, I want to say I wrote about it on the book, there was actually a study done where they actually came up saying that yes, money indeed does make you happier. Mm -hmm. And they also put a number that if you made at that time, at least now it's probably double this or more, but if you made 75,000 a year, that you actually get to be happier. And mm -hmm. I was happier then, even if there's that, I write about it in the book where people say, oh, I'd rather ride the bus and be poor than, right, or whatever. And it's like, well, I mean, I have a little Benz now and I'd rather cry on my Benz or be stressed <laughs> on my Benz. But then, <laughs> and I also get into like, the crazy thing is like, I rode the bus plenty of times and I'm gonna tell you right now that there's nothing happy about potentially somebody robbing you at the bus in El Salvador or even in California when you don't have enough money to even get on the bus, right? That's right. why nowadays I pick up every penny because it's disrespectful to the money. It's like, you know what, that penny, if I have 99 cents and it's a dollar to get on the bus, I'm going to pick that penny up. <laughs> yeah, it's the difference Absolutely. between making it on the bus and not yep. making it on the bus, right? <laughs> and, yeah, yeah yep. and the crazy thing is on that chapter, ladies, is that at the end, I kind of turn it around to where basically it's like even walking on the sidewalk, it's not free. Even if you want to say that, because we're paying taxes for that sidewalk, right? So at the end, I make it a point that if you really want to talk about monies and everything, it's like me doing this, for example, like I'm not getting paid for, right? Like no disrespect. That's just how it goes, right? Nobody's paying you guys to do what you guys are doing, right? Mm -hmm. Like at the end, I make it a point that I'm like, look, I've done songs, for example, with some big artists now that they're like, hey, how much do we owe you for that verse? And it's like, you know what? You took me on tours back then. And I know that this song is actually probably going to create another tour for both of us. So it's like nothing. You owe me nothing. I do a podcast too, The Minority Report, which our tagline is for the minority of 3% action takers. And on that podcast, nobody's paying us to set up and record. So it's like, to me, money really isn't everything nowadays. Like I'm doing things that are fulfilling me that I know can potentially change somebody's life. And there's no money in that. Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. I want to circle back to something that you were talking about earlier, real quick. About some people are stuck. Some of our listeners may feel like they're stuck in a nine to five, and they're hearing about this freedom, and they're like, "I want that. I want that. I'm on this journey, but I'm not there yet." And throughout your story, there's a lot of moments of courage, right? Moments where you stepped outside of what was, quote, the norm, and you decided to go against maybe what everybody else was doing. And that takes a lot of courage. It takes fierce commitment and persistence, right? And so tell us a little bit about that mindset piece, because I think there's so much of that that's required for people to even buy into that concept of, okay, I can do this. I can go from where I am to that place of freedom. Yeah, no, great question. I will say that that is why I wrote the book, The Power of Being Uncomfortable is the title of the book. And really, I won't say it's a biography, but I do tell a lot of stories on there to basically prove that it's like, no, actually, I start the book by saying, I've never wrote a book. I don't know what the heck I'm doing, but here it goes. I'm getting uncomfortable. And that's the key. Like the hashtag is get uncomfortable. Because everything that I've done 
for example, recording my first song. I didn't know what I was doing. And now I can say I'm a songwriter, right? Like I have almost a thousand songs or more probably. I, I should probably count, <laughs> but I have all these songs, but the second one was easier. The third one was easier. Same with real estate. When I first bought that first property, I was nervous, right? But I got uncomfortable and I did it. And then the second time I did it, I was like, okay, I can take what I learned from here. And then the third, fourth, and now it's like, okay, it became something that I know how to do now. So that's what the book is all about is the power of being uncomfortable is putting yourself in situations. And there's a chapter called what you fear is what you need to do next, for example. So whatever that fear is, if it is you wanting to quit your job, for example, those of you guys listening, it's like, do it because that's literally your gut telling you that's your next move. Also, you talked about courage with kind of having that mindset of not caring what anybody thinks. Uh, the first chapter is called, if they poop, I'm not going to say the S word. If they poop, they will laugh at you. Meaning that everybody has opinions. And at the end of the day, at that time, I even had close friends that were telling me, hey, when are you going to do something real with your life instead of all this rapping that's not making you money, right? And the funny thing is like, I was already making money at that time, just because I had my nine to five, there's another chapter that's called take calculated risk. The thing is we can calculate everything. Like that's, what's crazy. Real estate's calculated. I could have quit my job when I was rapping, but I wanted to take a calculated risk. Then my construction, I was still working a nine to five when that construction company came. And there were times I made way more that year than my job. The real estate stuff, the first few investments, I was still working. So I could have quit, but I made sure that it was calculated. So all those are the stuff that I talk about on this book, The Power of Being Uncomfortable, that I think will help somebody. Really, I made that book so people can take action. That was my goal was if I could have a book that will make somebody take action and The Power of Being Uncomfortable, I think it is it. Love that. What you fear is what you need to do next. So tell us. What do you fear and what are you doing next? Love it. <laughs> and <laughs> so with fear, I've started doing some coaching. And what I tell my students, here's the thing. We're all going to die. And I know it's harsh, right? But it's reality. Like you have to accept that. It's like, we're all going to die. That's something that's for sure, like everybody. So once you realize that, then you work backwards. And it's one of those where it's like every move you make, is that going to kill you? Are you going to die from that move? So if you do that first piece of real estate and it doesn't work out, you still have your life, right? Like you still have to be thankful for being alive. So I feel like that gets rid of that fear. And once you start doing that again, you start practicing the power of being uncomfortable. Me and my wife now, we even vacations, for example, we love vacations because it puts us in a place we've never been to before. So we're practicing this power. We're getting uncomfortable. Even renting the car or getting in the hotel room, like all that is uncomfortable because we've never been there. But we love that because we know that it's growth. It's making us grow into that next thing. So with me, what's next is I'm going to just keep doing my music for sure. I'm going to keep doing the real estate for sure, construction, all that. But also I'm getting into more coaching now, more I'm picking and choosing the businesses that I want to do. And, and for sure, I think a lot of the businesses will be related to real estate. We started a management company now. And also in the future, I definitely would love to look into a title company, some insurance company, things that go along with real estate. But also one thing that I've learned too is to be a business owner, to be the entrepreneur, not the technician, which is very hard to do, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, we've definitely been there. <laughs> 
Yeah. All right. I love this. Now, before we get into the last part of the show, the life and money show spotlight round, I need to ask you this question. Can you do us a favor, Billy? Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you to do this and you can totally decline. You can okay. totally decline, but I'm going to ask you, cause this is the first time we've ever had a celebrity rapper on our podcast And I would love to have a song or like a little phrase or like something that Annie and I can sing together at our next team retreat. Can you do a quick freestyle about Annie and I in syndications and real estate, something like that? Yeah. So I'm actually going to do, here it goes. I'm going to do this quick verse. It's actually, I made a song for the power of being uncomfortable and it goes basically all about action. Gotta chase your passion. When you do what you love, it'll bring the cash in. Invest in yourself. Double star why? Double up. Make it, make it multiply. Something like that. Love it. <laughs> Woo! Woo! There we go. <laughs> Annie, we need to wrap that at the next team. Re- All right. Go. Got we'll it. Wrap. We'll record it for you, Billy. We'll send it to you. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, thanks for indulging me. All right. We're going to move into the last part of our show, the Life and Money Show Spotlight Round. We're going to ask you a couple of questions around life and money. So the first awesome. question is around your life and money. So what is one thing that you're doing right now to live a meaningful and intentional life by design? I think I'm going to go back to studying, learning. There's never enough growth. If you put learning and just studying and getting better every single day, I look at myself in the mirror and that's the person I want to be better than, right? As to where there's a lot of people, unfortunately, that I buy a truck, they want a truck. I buy my new house, they want a new house. And it's like, that's not what life is about. You need to look at yourself in the mirror and get better than that person. So that basically spreads over to my family. So because of that, I'm a better father. Actually, last night we were playing cash flow with my two girls. And that was the first time we did it, which shame on me. (laughs) That was the first time we did it. But it's funny because all the stuff I talked to them about last night, it was nice to actually kind of put it together in that game. And my little one, before she went to bed, she's like, wow, dad. She's like, I definitely need to get my life together. She had like, two babies in in the game and she saw the money going down. And so that was actually amazing. I encourage that. So I became a better father, right? By putting my family first, a better husband with my wife, better friend. So that would be my answer to that is looking at that man and reflecting every day. Yeah, I love that. I have it up on my wall. I don't know if you guys know Steve Jobs quote, stay hungry, stay foolish, right? Yes. And it's yes. such a great reminder to me every day that as much as I think I know, or as good as I think I am, there's so much more to be known about, educated about, to learn about, that there's so much more yes. growth that I have personal growth as well. And that's a thing that I encourage my kids as well to think about is personal growth, right? We talk yes. about this at our family meeting every Sunday night. What are you working on? And sometimes the kids come to dinner and they don't have anything they're working on. I'm like, I don't care if you think you're perfect. We all have something to be working on and you have something to work on until the day you die. (laughs) Love that. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. All right. Well, second question is around others, life and money. So what is one life or money hack that you can share that'll make an impact in others' lives right now? It's one that you've heard before. It's like, save your money. Like I was working at Burger King at one point and I was saving my money. Matter of fact, like I said, even starting with my rapping, I was saving my money. I made a few thousands here and there. Right. And it was like, 
I could have easily blown it out with brand new shoes or whatever, all these things that society tells you to, but it's very important to save your money. There's a difference between being cheap and being smart and frugal. And I think you need to get rid of that mentality. Like if I don't do what that person is telling me to spend my money on, then I'm going to look cheap. And it's like, no, you're being frugal because at the end that will pay. So save your money with my girls, for example. And this is probably to the extreme because we know if you do 10, 20% of your money, you're good in real life. But with my girls, what I do is I tell them, Hey, every dollar you're saving 50 cents. So whether it's Christmas or birthday, or just sometimes I'll take them to do some stuff with me. Hey, you want to mow a lawn or this or that? And they save half of their money. There's literally, they have some money saved and I share scenarios actually even not going far with last night. There were some areas in the game where it said, oh yeah, you're a secretary and you have $300 saved. And my little one was like, whoa, dad, I have more than that in real life. I'm like, exactly, because you're practicing saving money. So be frugal knowing that you're going to get to where you want to get. And again, freedom is the key. That should be the ultimate goal is freedom. Yeah. Well, going back to your story, not that you wouldn't have been in real estate or you wouldn't have had it, but the opportunity came because you saved and then you were able to invest in your first property, right? Because you had money saved from your businesses that you had done. You didn't just, like you said, blow it on cars and shoes and whatever you wanted to, but you actually had a pot of money that allowed you to get get into real estate when the opportunity came along. And I love that. Growing up, my mom always taught me to save. The problem was she never taught me about the second part of the equation, which is investing, right? And so... (laughs) (laughs) We all here understand now that it's about saving, but then there's a second component to that as well, which you talked about earlier about how your kids have to invest in real estate. And that's an equation, part of the equation to being successful and happy, I believe in life. So for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last question is around life and money in the world. So what is one thing that you're doing right now to make the world a better place? I think my goal is to reach younger audiences. So right now what I'm doing is, for example, my daughter's getting ready to go to high school. And when we went to like the first meetup where they had different boots, I talked to different people, different groups of people in her high school that I asked them, I'm like, Hey, can I please come talk to these kids? Can I do a quick meeting with them? And I mentioned what I do. And they were like, Oh yes, that'd be great. And because it's one of those where it's like, and don't get me wrong right now, I'm also working towards helping more financially, right? Like we do the church thing. We do try to help different areas right now, but I want to definitely focus in the future on starting my own foundation, for example. But I don't know exactly how that's going to look yet. We've had some ideas, but until then, I'm a big believer that it's like, hey, look, I can give you the fish. I can give you this cash. What are you going to do with that fish? Once you eat it, it's gone. And now it's time you're back on that same wheel. So I think it's very important to teach these people, especially when you're young like that, because if I would have learned everything I know now, I would have definitely be further in life at this point. But that's what I'm doing is kind of giving back with knowledge and with the podcast and all that. That's so important, right? To catch them at that young moldable phase. And that's something that Julie and I are very passionate about as well. So love, love that you give back in that way. Well, Billy, I'm sure our listeners are going to want to follow up. You have such an inspirational story and they'll want to learn more about all that you're doing and listen to more of your songs, I'm sure as well. Grab a copy of your book. So tell them what's the best place that they can go. Yeah. So I am at Billy the Kid and it's D-H-A-K-I-D-D. It's funny. People ask me, hey, how do you pronounce it? I think we were talking about that before. And it's like, oh, it's just the kid. Like 
I just spelled it different so that way I can own that name or whatever. But it's Billy the Kid, D-H-A-K-I-D-D on Instagram. And then I'm on YouTube too. And I do a little bit of Facebook, but I've been focusing more on Instagram. So hit me up on either platform. Also, BillyTheKid.com. Well, you actually can leave me your email and I'm going to be sending you any updates, whether it's with my music. I've done some videos already and I'm going to do more of just real estate in general, little tips that we can talk about. Also, if you want to send me an email, anybody listening, any questions or message, I'd be happy to do that. And the Minority Report podcast, uh, if you guys want to learn more on kind of what the stuff that we talk about and more on real estate stuff, definitely check that out. And then the book, The Power of Being Uncomfortable is out now. It's on Audible. And I do recommend both because the Audible, I did something different. I did it more preaching. Billy the Kid, thank you so much for being here with us and our listeners today. You've been listening to The Life and Money Show, the number one podcast for people who, like you, are living a meaningful and intentional life by design, building true wealth, and making an impact in the world. For more resources, check out goodegginvestments.com and be sure to join the Life and Money Show community on Facebook. And if you got value out of this show, please subscribe and give us a five-star review so we can continue to bring you amazing new conversations.